Welcome to Heels in the Courtroom, a podcast about successfully navigating law and life, featuring the women trial attorneys at the Simon Law Firm. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Heels in the Courtroom. Today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics, which is organization and clearing things out. And it's within the context of con marrying. Now, some of you may be familiar with this Japanese consultant named Marie Kondo. She had a special on Netflix a while back ago where she basically goes into homes that are give me panic attacks because there's just so much junk in them. And she helps declutter people's lives and helps streamline their homes and helps them organize. And she goes through this process where every item in your house, you look at it and you ask yourself, does this item bring me joy? And if the answer is yes, you keep it. And if the answer is no, you, you thank it for whatever contribution <laughs> it made to your life. And then you toss it. You get rid of it. And this is the process I'm going through in my home right now. I I like to try to do this at the end of every year to go into a new year with a fresh, clean house. And so what we have been discussing amongst ourselves is sort of conmarrying our professional and sort of into our personal lives as well and and how we can declutter and hopefully de-stress by organizing ourselves a little bit better. So I think Erica had some thoughts on that. Well, in my early and now mid thirties, I've realized in the past couple of years that I, the way that I have addressed all those questions about how you make your life and work, work for you is really kind of the same concept with my life. I've tried to filter out the things that not necessarily don't bring me joy. I, there are plenty of things that <laughs> I feel are obligations that may not bring me joy that are very important. So in that regard, I think it's really tough because that has meant kind of filtering out some relationships that I thought were obligatory with friends, not as much family. I, I have a pretty small family, but really minimizing where I spend my time and not spending my time to please other people. So we all have to make our choices out of the office on where we spend our time. And I found myself saying no a lot more lately in the past couple of years as far as, you know, if someone says, oh, we should get together and, you know, let's do this and that. And if I kind of had that bad feeling in my stomach, like, sure, that would be great. I know it's not, it's not somewhere where I'm going to fill up my cup with my own personal time. So I've really kind of concentrated on kind of having the personal and self-awareness to politely decline or make sure that I have made time for that person maybe in another aspect. You know, if it's a professional friend who'd like to hang out on the weekends or something, I've made sure to make time for them, like maybe meet for a lunch during a work day as opposed to getting our whole families together for brunch on a Sunday. I will say that I think some of the mentoring advice I've gotten from Amy has been say yes to as many opportunities as you can, especially when you're at the point I am in my career. I feel like I have to say yes, I have to I have to run for every board that I can, I have to participate in everything, go to every networking event, because that is very important where I'm at, where I'm not as established, and I need to make those connections, and I need to have those experiences and build those relationships. But once I've been practicing a while, from what I've learned from watching Amy, is that 
the more established you become, the more people approach you with opportunities. And at some point, you do have to learn how to say no. I believe that it is important to have a goal when you go to these things. It's nice. Sometimes you just want to go and hang out because you know someone's going to be there that you haven't seen for a while. But I do think it's important to have a goal. And I struggle with this because oftentimes it is what I think I need to do. And it's just another event and I'll just go. But I do think if your purpose is to get business, then go and meet someone you don't know. If you just go, and I'm guilty of this, just go and then sit with everybody that you already know because you like them and it's the most comfortable and you can stay in your comfort zone, then are you really accomplishing anything? And the answer is, well, of course, because I'm seeing friends and we're interacting. But if this is a professional event and you're taking away from your personal time to be at that professional event, then you should think about why you're there. And if it's oftentimes, I really enjoy meeting young women attorneys because I like to hear their journey. I like to be available to answer questions. I like the idea of being able to say, oh, I know this person and I know that this firm is looking for someone. And if that person I met is is looking to make a change, then I can put those people together. And I enjoy that part of it. So I, I think it's, you can go to these events and enjoy yourself. And even better, if you're able to focus on a goal that you have and, and meet that. I am so compartmentalized with being at the office versus not. The second, I mean, thank God there's a car ride in between (laughs) because it's like I transition like from one universe to the other and I literally can't manage to handle or switch over to work when I'm at home and vice versa. Like literally, if my wife texts me during the day, I'll like say something to her and then say thank you. (laughs) <laughs> or like, or like, I mean, I will be, and she'll text me back. She's like, okay, work mode. Yeah. And I mean, there's two modes. My modes are so situational by place. So if I am at the office and if I'm at an event, I am so keyed into that and blinding everything else and vice versa. So I think that because I compartmentalize so to such an extreme like that, I think it's really important to when I'm at the office to be as efficient as possible. And that is really good for me because it makes me use my time so much more effectively than I would otherwise if I could kind of fudge that and know that I could or could not use this other time. I think that's a really important point. And part of it, as you were speaking, made me think about the utility of compartmentalizing, not just to be efficient, but also what we do it can be so impactful emotionally and mentally with our clients and their injuries and some of the just terrible things that happen and that are caused to happen that you may not think about it this way, but the way you've described it makes me think that's a really healthy way also to say, okay, that's in that box. That's so protective. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm not bringing it home because you have to draw those lines in this business not only the stress of doing this job on just the high level performance that we all have to participate in, but just the context of it too, and what we see and what we know and what we hear. And so you're healthier and your family is healthier because you do it that way. The ride home is important. Mm -hmm. The decompression on the way home is really important. I've always tried to promise myself that I won't bring it home 
bring the job home. And I think everyone tries to do that. My husband oftentimes is very therapeutic and helpful on some things that happen here, whether it's office politics or specifics of a case, which I don't share anything confidential, but (laughs) just relaying details because he, as a lawyer, is prepared for that, understands that. But I don't think it's fair at all to bring office and work home to your children. And it's really hard to do that. And so that's what the compartmentalizing, it's also almost a defense strategy, right? To me, it's the common denominator is efficiency. And as plan attorneys, we have to be efficient with our time. If we're not efficient, then we're, we're not getting it done. We're not making a living. It's just not happening. But I always, I've always believed that I want this to be a long career. And the arc of the career is lengthy if you're lucky. And I, I see myself and have for the number of years kind of being in this situation where I feel like I have something to offer um, organizations and clients and whatever it is. And I want to be able to do that. Now, is it, is it exhausting? Uh, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it oftentimes is. And so that kind of brings up time management. How much time can you spend on these things and still have a, still have time to do the actual legal part of your job? So that's a constant reassessment. And so in my mind, I have time at least once a week. I mean, really, I have time at least once a week to do some kind of activity that is a quote-unquote marketing activity and still get my work done. It's also real important to have, obviously, good resources and good staff and that type of thing and to cultivate those relationships because you do rely on them. And so just knowing, I look at my calendar and and I say, okay, I haven't really done anything this week. And that's kind of surprising. And I look for those opportunities and kind of fill them in because I know they will be there. And then I do think I always have a little bit of this fear of missing out, oddly enough. Oh, yeah. You know, and like. (laughs) So bad. I mean, because I don't ever, I don't really oftentimes want to go to that meeting or want to go to that organization. But then I think, oh, did I miss that opportunity? Did I do that? And so most of the time, that's what compels me to go. And then more importantly, when I get done, I say, I kind of enjoyed that. I had a really cool conversation with this person or met a new person or was able to speak directly with someone that I hadn't seen for a while, whatever, whatever the circumstance is. So I think you just, I always get back to this and I sound like a broken record. I think you just have to know yourself Mm. because if you're overdoing it and you're going to these things or volunteering at these organizations and you walk out and you're like, God, that was a waste of my time. Or you're just totally defeated by that, then it's time to pull back. The way I do it is almost a constant reassessment. Yeah. How do I feel today? I think it's important to remember when you're going through your schedule that marketing and networking and things like that, no matter where you are in practice, needs to be a habit. And then if it gets out of control or you are finding other things that need your attention, whether it's family or, you know, a certain project at work, then that's when you need to really figure out how to rein those things in and, and pick and choose. I think that's right. Know your goal. Mm-hmm. Know your goal. I think Simon's one that says, if you have to think about marketing, it's already too late. You know your goal and you work every day 
to to reach that or to reassess it. But I think you're right. You you have to do things that make you feel better, healthier, more competent. And you owe yourself that also almost as in that reassessment, what I do, and it's almost, to me, it's very natural. Let me put an asterisk on other things that are really important when you're cleaning up or cleaning out your life. Outsource as much as you can. Even if you feel like you're making nothing, if you're at the beginning of your career, figure that out. There's always room in the budget. Move things around. It's just like, It's it's just like time management. So I will say that on that outsourcing note, I outsource my KonMari. I do. Hmm. I do. Yes, because you have someone. someone else is much, much better at it than I am. And it gives me the same amount of joy that it is done. I didn't have to do it to be joyful about it. It just has to be done. So I love that. And I think it's important and I want it in my life. But I don't have to do it myself. See, I, I had to label my own spices. Oh, <laughs> so I sorry. like doing that stuff because now I know where all everything is, though. I don't cook. So. No. Oh, I I don't cook. That's oh, I think that's I. the one thing out of all five of the women attorneys at our firm. I think I'm the only one who enjoys that. Do you age old domestic task? I actually like laundry. Oh, okay. See, I mean, We're, I think you can have one that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Yours is KonMari. I like organizing things. It sparks joy. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I happy. That's and that's what's important. But if you asked me to cook, I'd be miserable. Yeah. Oh. I read those instructions. I don't even know what the words mean. Well, last night my husband Steve yelled at me because I was trying to cook noodles and I put the dry pot on the burner before filling it with oh, water. Honey. Oh, honey. And I was like, Your I'll mother. just transfer the water. Your it's shame fine. Right it's fine. My mom is the ultimate con marrier and the time that sparked the most joy in my life when cleaning out my life is when we moved into a new house and I organized my kitchen and my mom walked in and opened a drawer and she said, Oh, this looks pretty in order. Oh. And I fell over and died. It all comes back to KonMari. <laughs> Everything has its place. Yeah. And so try, and that's really hard, especially when you have a line of work where it's, it can get personal. It does get personal. It's, it's hard to keep it from affecting you emotionally, obviously mentally, but yeah, keeping everything in its place and, and then if something is bothering you, being able to communicate that effectively. And I think that we're all very lucky here in that we have partners who are supportive and understanding of the stress that comes with our jobs. And so maybe that's another example, like you said, Erica, of conmarring relationships, yes. making sure that if you have someone who doesn't fully appreciate sometimes the gravity of, of the work that, that you do and how it can affect you and if they're not supportive, maybe you should thank that person for what they've added to your life and then throw them away. Yeah. Well, and let me just add the one thing that I learned this week. I had something really important in the middle of the week that was occupying my mind since the Friday before, but kind of bled over into the weekend. And I was concentrating on that, but not communicating to my family that that's what was distracting me. So I spent kind of the whole beginning of the week like pretty crabby. (laughs) 
<laughs> when I was at home. Um, and I was trying to not let it bleed over, but my my attitude and my demeanor was. So after it was over, I went home and I told my wife all about like the importance of the depot and like leading up to it and you know the importance I was placing on it and she's like oh my gosh thank god you told me about that because I thought it was just me (laughs) and I was like oh no my communication totally fell through so in that compartmentalizing I probably wasn't being very honest with myself and my family about what was keeping my mind occupied so it's not a fail safe but it's it's sure. a goal. So. Absolutely. I think that's all we can do yeah. is just recognize it and do the best, do our best with it. Yeah. When I'm in the office and I am regarding that I have, we'll just say it's nine to five. I have nine to five to get what I need to do done at the office. And then I'm going to check out after that because that's the way I organize my day. When I get there in the morning, it's... It, It is very inherent to the way I work because I'm such a task-oriented person and such a taskmaster with my staff. And some people don't work that way. So if, if you don't identify with that, then this may not help you. But I do things like I schedule all of my calls. I don't do a lot of cold calling. And because of that, a lot of people don't cold call me because we've scheduled something. And I let my staff schedule those things. So that's a really good way because then everything ends up on my calendar and I know, okay, I have a call at 9 and 10. That means that from 11 to 1 or whatever it is, this is a time that I'm going to reserve to get the things done that are immediate or high priority. And in going through that, I kind of, I start a task list at the beginning of the week or even the beginning of the day, depending on how immediate my priorities are. And I kind of go through a wave of, I spend some time kind of multitasking, which I do, and it always kind of gets sidetracked. And multitasking is something that we all do, and it's arguable how much we get done during that time. But I'm also spending time doing small tasks during that time. I'm responding to emails or reviewing something quick or getting small things out. And then, then I'll spend an hour or two in something that needs focus and concentration. And so I kind of go in and out of those phases all day. And that ends up being what works really well for me. I'm also the type of person who, if I need to, I can sit down and do one thing and focus on one project for like 12 hours which and to the point where I like get annoyed that I have to stop and eat <laughs> or, or go to the bathroom. Yes. Well, I wasn't going to go that far, oh, but I it, totally it, it is number one that. on my mind. It's so <laughs> irritating to me. Like I don't even want to stop. Like my focus can get really dialed in, but it's also hard to get that time that you need. So I find that time by over, not over scheduling, scheduling as much as I can so I know what time I have to work with. I think that scheduling is important. I probably don't do it as well as I can, but I do try very hard. I like the scheduled phone calls because if you're just picking up random phone calls, that's not efficient. I also think just with efficiency on a larger scale, my team tries real hard to have a monthly meeting where we sit down and we know we block out two to three hours to run the case list because so much of what we do is to delegate. And if we're good delegators, the better delegating we 
do, the more efficient we are. And so we'll sit and sometimes order lunch to make it mildly enjoyable or to make people work through the lunch hour, however you want to see that. And we'll sit down and run, start with A, go to Z on our list and say, okay, where are we on this? Here's what, because oftentimes if it's not front and center, I'm not, I may not think of it that day. And so I think it's an efficient way to go to run your cases is to sit down with your group at least once a month, schedule those and make sure everybody's really on task. The plates keep spinning on a daily basis. I got to say, I don't think it's a bad idea and I'm going to break the rule about work versus home, but my life is in a different spot than yours because my children are in school and I can be alone during, and my husband works from home, but he's very concentrated on what he does in his office, and I'm in a different area of the house, and I can sit and plow through so much work in the period of a few hours, whereas if I were at work, it would be constant interruption, constant interruption with people on the, knocking on the door, the phone ringing, which, I, which is important, because you can't not ever come to work and not ever guide your staff or be present to answer questions. But I think efficiency includes working from home at least. But I still, I'm so old school that it still feels like if I'm not at the office, I'm not working. Well, Playing hooky. Playing hooky. Like <laughs> no one believes that anymore. That's so old school. But I still, that is the feeling that I have. If I get up to change the laundry, God forbid, I haven't focused entirely on work. But I think it's important if you, wherever you are, it doesn't have to be at home, if you're at Starbucks or if you're at the library or wherever you are to have that solid amount of time, you really, it isn't, to me, it's imperative to have that block of time. You talked about preparing for a deposition. I'm not able to do that ever at work, ever. I don't have the time, I don't have the blocks of time for that if I'm physically at the office. So I will, that's the kind of thing that I'll do at home or at night or on the weekend because I need a focused amount of time to do that. I don't love that. I don't do it very often. I don't allow that to happen very often because I don't like to schedule things. I try to avoid scheduling big things on Monday so it'll ruin the weekend and that's not, no one's happy about that. So I try to avoid big things on Monday. Monday afternoon, that's no problem. But Monday morning, I try to keep clear because you just want to set the tone for the week. The meetings with my staff are very important. I mean, there are some days when I can't draw myself away from my email because they come in rapid succession. Substantive emails that I need to answer or consider or whatever. And it's like batting down flies. You know, you're just constantly just batting things away. And that's not, I don't think that's efficient at all. But I find myself drawn into that because this whole idea that someone randomly sends me an email, this happens all the time. Someone will send me an email saying, hey, what do you think about this case? And it's wonderful that someone's sending me a case to review. That's the whole point of this job. But I then internalize that like I have to give them a fast response and it is a unsolicited email from someone and I feel certain they don't expect a fast response since it's been it's so it's just totally unsolicited so I will try very hard to just try to respond fairly quickly like thank you so much this is my time frame it's going to take me two weeks to get to this 
is that, and I ask, is that okay? Is that okay? And very few people, I don't, can't remember the last time someone said, no, you have to do it faster than that because I'm at this point volunteering to help with this situation. So I try really hard not to be controlled by my inbox, but it is a constant struggle. If I have any, like on your little, you know, icon, if like I have nine emails, oh, I'm anxious about that. I have friends who have 300 and they're like, meh, I can't, I mean, I can't do it. I have to know what those emails say. And as long as I know what they say, I leave them in the inbox and I'll get to them. But nothing leaves my inbox until it's dealt with. And I've got things in my inbox that are a few weeks old, but it's okay because I'm not going to forget it. It's still in the inbox and I will deal with it until it's dealt with. It doesn't go into a folder. I think the important thing is to just find what works for you. And everyone's different and recognizing that the way one person works is not going to be necessarily how you work. Right. Like the difference in work at home versus work at the office. Right. Because everybody's situation is different. If you've got kids at home, you're not getting anything done. Right. You're just not. But like, and I was there for a long time. Like I would have to go, I mean, I would go to, I would go to Starbucks. I mean, I would go to Starbucks and just sit just for a moment, just for a moment to myself during the day. I mean, for example, yesterday I had a deposition in the morning and I could have come downtown, but I had a call. I had two or three calls in the afternoon that were easily taken from home. No one, my husband's out of town, nobody's at home. Oh man, I was efficient yesterday. So it's just wherever you can steal that moment is, is what you should do. I also close my door to my office selectively. So it's when it's closed, people, I think, hopefully at least my staff, know that it's closed because I'm doing something or concentrating on something. That doesn't mean I can't be interrupted, but I don't always close it and I don't always leave it open. It's a signal. Signal. So what are the takeaways today, ladies? Takeaway. Conmarrying. What did you say? I loved it. It was like, say thank you and then throw it out. <laughs> that, that goes for a dress or your best friend. <laughs> I think the big takeaway I got from today was what Erica said about and, and what Amy echoed about compartmentalizing. Everything has its place. Keep work at work. Keep home at home. And just if you need to, they're going to bleed over into each other a little bit. But But try really hard to keep them separate for your own sanity. I think my takeaway is knowing yourself and being really honest with yourself so you can get things done on time. If you're a procrastinator, put so much energy towards figuring out how to address that. If you're a person who cannot work at home like me, don't take stuff home and think you're going to do it. You're just going to disappoint yourself. I think that it's find your efficiency, which sort of echoes what she've said. Knowing that there is an important goal to be efficient in order to have time to do everything in our busy lives, know what your efficiency is, and then try to stick with it. And delegate. Delegate. Everything. from Including your, your KonMari. And your house cleaning. <laughs> and your work. <laughs> 
So with all of that being said, I think it's time that we sign off because I need to go home and conmari the <laughs> remainder of my house. So thank you again for joining us on this episode of Heels in the Courtroom, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Heels in the Courtroom is brought to you by The Simon Law Firm. Connect with Amy, Liz, Mary, Erica, or Elizabeth at heelsinthecourtroom.law.